You know, it is so uh, great to be a part of a church family that we're able to uh, do great things for the Lord. And one of the ways that we do that, uh, show our gratitude to Him, but also empower His kingdom, uh, is through our giving. And I want to thank you guys for being so faithful throughout this year uh, to giving. If you would like to give to the church and the ministry and the mission of our church, you can do so in the baskets that are uh, scattered around the room. Also, you can do that online. And uh, I encourage you to take an opportunity to do that. Every week, we'd like to kind of give you an idea of where your giving goes. And um, uh, if we were to look back over the year and uh, list all those things, it would be kind of amazing to see what we've been able to do through our collective giving and through the, uh, the power of God and, and multiplying what we were able to give. But one thing I want to share with you is uh, something that we did this past week, last Monday morning. Uh, there were seven of us who left early, well before breakfast, I would say, uh, and we went headed to Western Kentucky. And you never know what you're going to discover when you go to these places or what phase of, of uh, recovery that they're in. Uh, but we had planned to go to Bowling Green. It uh, turned out we ended up in Mayfield. And um, so we were able to partner. I think there's a picture here. We were able to partner uh, with a church there, an African-American church that was totally destroyed, um, the, called New Vision Ministries. And uh, we weren't able to get a picture with the minister because he actually had a funeral that day, uh, one of his parishioners. But uh, their building was totally destroyed. Uh, from The only thing left standing was just the front facade and um, just lost everything. The home next to it is a home they, they owned. And uh, we, are able, we are able to put board some windows and uh, put tarps on the, on the top and then move a, a large pile of brush uh, out of the way. And, uh, and then also uh, part of our team Stayed for Tuesday and went and worked at Dawson Springs, I believe, in sorting some donations, some toys that were given. So uh, it was a great experience. Uh, it was a beautiful day, obviously, to, to do that. Uh, but you guys were able to be a part of that, even though you weren't able to go, most of you. Uh, you were able to do that just by funding that trip and providing for resources. Uh, we uh, had planned to work with IDES. That wasn't possible, but we do plan to do that going forward. Um, this was a big part of uh, the biggest part. The first part was the cleanup, and much of that has already happened, especially in the towns. Uh, but the next stage will be uh, bringing in the sheds that will be given to people to start collecting their items and then starting rebuilding those who lost everything. And there will be opportunity to, to be a part of that, to go down and share in that and perhaps even some rebuilding uh, going forward. So um, just keep it in mind, and, and if you do have maybe a day or so free, uh, as we get, the, get to that stage, we'll be able to go down there. But I also wanted to tell you that because of your faithful giving, uh, we were able to give as a church $5,000 to IDES, uh, just write out a, a check to them for the work that they're doing there. And then Journey Provisions uh, has a heart not only for Woodford County and Central Kentucky, but also all of Kentucky. And so they sent a check for 1500 to IDES as well. So uh, that's what you guys are doing, uh, helping out. Even though you weren't able to go, uh, when our hearts go out to help people, and we can do that as a church. So thank you again for your giving and uh, for, uh, for your prayers going out to them. Um, yeah, let's give them a big hand. And we had a, we had a great team. And I've got to be honest, one of the, one of the best things uh, about giving is what you get back, just the feeling, but just the fun that we have. And we had a, had a great time just laughing and, and a safe time. I think everybody was safe, so it, it went really well. Um, guys, next Sunday morning, uh, I'm going to share with you a message that's been on my heart for a long time. And um, I, don't, I don't know um, 
you know, some messages you just, you just, you know, you plan and go on, but this one is really kind of burned in me for a while, and it's going to be called No Regrets, No Regret Living. And uh, I've been thinking about living that way, and, and what would it be like if we lived our lives in a way that we had no regrets? Uh, when we, when we, the end of our life, we look back and we had no regrets. And I don't know if that's po- totally possible, but that's really been burning in my mind for some, uh, some time now. And so it's going to be uh, the first message about living, and then we're going to talk about parenting, we're going to talk about marriage, uh, we're going to talk about sharing our faith with people, um, and, and maybe another topic or two. Uh, but that's going to be our next series. I'm excited about that, and I want to challenge you uh, to think about that. I know it's going to be after the first of the year, and everybody's going to be in recovery mode and everything, but make it a point to get here. I, th- I think that's going to be a challenge to you as well. But today we're going to be wrapping up uh, a series we've been in for a few weeks now called um, Ad- Advent Conspiracy, and we're going to talk about love. And uh, we know what I've noticed in our, our world is that we talk about love a lot. We say love a lot, that we love things, Right? And we also sing about love a lot too. Uh, So I'm not going to sing. Don't get uh, worried there real quick. But I was thinking about some of the songs uh, that talk about love. For example, Elvis sang, Love Me Tender. And then in response, he said, I can't help falling in love with you, right? And the righteous brothers, they sang, you've lost that loving feeling. The Supremes wanted people to stop in the name of love. And the Beatles said, all you need is love. A few years later, the Partridge family sang, sang, I think I love you. Not sure, but I think I do. Olivia Newton-John said, I honestly love you. And the Eagles were willing to give the best of my love. Captain and Daniil said, love will keep us together, but it didn't, right? <laughs> Paul McCartney was, was decrying all these silly love songs that are out there. REO Speedwagon vowed to keep on loving you no matter what, because it was the only thing they wanted to do, Right? And Lionel Richie and Diane Ross sang about endless love, and Tina Turner sang, what's love even got to do with it, you know? Who knows, right? Whitney Houston was saving all of my love for you, and Forner was saying, I want to know what love is. And that's just one era, because I know I didn't even get into some of your all's era of music anyway. But all those songs, you know, just were talking about love. And we use that word so much to describe anything that we haven't Uh, affinity for. For example, we love things. We love our kids. We love our spouses. We love our dogs. Some of you love your cats, right? Freedom, sports teams, chocolate, steak, pizza, hot dogs. We love a lot of things. Sometimes I wonder if we haven't used that word love so loosely that we no longer really know what what love is. We can honestly say, along with foreigner, I want to know what love is because I'm confused. I hear it so often. Well, today we're going to talk about love. We're going to kind of focus about love, and we're going to seek to find out what love is, and we're going to talk about how we can truly love all people. You know, in this series we began a few weeks ago, this Christmas series, we asked the question, does the way that we spend our time and our money and our energy during this Christmas season really honor Jesus? And does it make Him the center of our Christmas celebration? And so now Christmas 2021 is in the books, basically. There's a few parties and, you know, sprinkling things going on, but it's kind of in the books. And maybe you have to look back in retrospect and admit that Jesus had only a small part in your celebration. That really you didn't think about him a lot. Certainly your focus wasn't centered on him. All, All the things that were going on in this time. And in fact, you've not really even enjoyed Christmas. Maybe you're just exhausted through that. And even beyond that, for our topic, you haven't felt very loving 
during this season, not toward him and not toward anybody else, to be honest with you, because it's been so hectic. And so I'm challenging you to think about, at this point next year, how do we change that? How do we put Jesus first in our life? And so in, that, in our study, we talked about three things previously about giving more to Jesus during this time of celebration. We talked about spending less financially on other things that don't matter. And then last week, we talked about worshiping fully, being focused on Jesus. And today, we're going to spend some time and just talk about how important it is to love everyone, love all, and how do we show that love? You know, the Bible talks about love a lot as well. In 1 John chapter 3, it says, this is how we know what love is. Foreigner, listen up, because we're going to tell you, right? Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to know, we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. You know, this tells us what love is. Love basically is Jesus laying down his life for us. But there's also the challenge in there saying that if we love like Jesus, we're going to be willing to give to others. And I think that's one of the pretty encouraging things that I was able to see down in Mayfield is there are a lot of people giving a lot. And in fact, so much was done in a week's time that there was really kind of hard to find anything to do because people had shown up, they had cleaned up, they had, had given so much, there were like acres of pallets of water out there, a lot of water. If it freezes, it's going to be problems. But there was a lot of water that came through the love of people. Clothing, food, volunteers showing up, people were showing their love. And that's a way to reflect it. I, I have to believe that many or maybe most of those were probably Christian people who were showing the love of Jesus Christ. But John says that, Jesus said this in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So here's what it says, because God loved us, his love compelled him to give Jesus as a sacrifice for us. That is what love really is. You know, sometime at Christmas time, we look only at the baby in the manger and we say, wow, that, you know, is, is cute. If you've seen a live nativity, they always have a cute baby there. All babies are cute, I guess, but they're just cute, adorable. And, you know, you don't think about that being a huge sacrifice. Jesus came as a baby. It's kind of hard to wrap our minds around, but, but is that a real sacrifice? You know, being a baby in our world is a pretty cool thing. A baby has everything done for them. You know, they, they just, everything provided, everybody oohs and ahs, about how cute they are and everything. But in that culture, being a baby wasn't easy. There, there was a much better way, we might think, for Jesus to show up in the world than to become a baby. Because in that day, children were not really valued like we value them today. In that day, the mortality rate was high for a baby. In that day, among the Jewish people, they were under the heavy-handed Romans who had no concern for any of them, including their babies. And we know also that during Jesus' baby time as a baby, that King Herod was out to kill him. So it was quite a sacrifice for him to come and be a baby, vulnerable, unable to care for himself, totally dependent upon human beings. It was a great sacrifice. In fact, the greatest sacrifice the world has ever known was Jesus who left heaven, his place of authority, of power and respect. He left heaven, he left his father, the creator to come down here to live in and live with and among the creation. And guys, when you think about it, that is a sacrifice beyond our understanding. 
it wasn't just that Jesus became a baby. It was that Jesus left his position in heaven with the Father, one with the Father, over the angels, over all of, all of, of heaven and all of the glory there. And he came down to be a human being and to be the weakest and the, most, the least valuable in that day of a human being. That's a sacrifice beyond our understanding. And in fact, I think the whole idea of sacrifice is hard for most of us. What do you know about sacrifice? Really, and, and uh, most of us don't know anything about sacrifice. I mean, we might give something up, but many times, unfortunately, it's a small token of what we have. It's not really a sacrifice. What would, it, what would be the most sac- difficult thing for you to give up in your life? And I, I'm just standing here saying, for many of us, it probably would be our cell phone. Because our cell phone is our brain, right, at this point. Our cell phone is more than just what we talk to people on. It's our calendar. It's our social media. It's our contacts, our music, information, news, and everything. And whenever you lose your phone, you're, you're at a loss. I mean, you don't know what to do. You're kind of like, I got to get a phone back and hope I can get my information back. And I've stored it on the cloud or something, right? Because it's so important to us. Most of us would not say, hey, I think I'm just going to not use my phone anymore. That would be a huge sacrifice, or we think it might be. But in reality, there are many more important things in life that we could lose or maybe be forced to give up that would hurt much deeper than using, losing our phone. But that's kind of how shallow we are at this point. In reality, nobody's asking us to give a lot of those things up, right? Nobody's doing that. And we would never think about giving up one of our children just so somebody else could have life or could hope, have hope, right? I would never even consider that. But that's what God did. Not just one of his children, God gave up his only son, his only begotten son to leave his home and his presence with the Father in heaven and then to come down here to be a baby, to, be, to live a lifetime of, of 33 years plus and then to die on the cross. You know, giving your life for someone would be a great sacrifice, but that's what Jesus did for us. In the idea of sacrifice, sometimes I think we view inconvenience as sacrifice. You might say, well, I put myself out, I sacrificed, and I did what somebody else wanted because I love them. They're like, okay, I sacrificed, and we didn't go to eat where I wanted to. We went where my spouse wanted to. That was a sacrifice. That's more of an inconvenience. It's not the same as a sacrifice. A true sacrifice would be more along the lines of a very wealthy person who had everything and everything in life going for them, but they gave all of that up to trade places with someone who was guilty of murder on death row, gave up everything, and then went in there and literally died for them. That would be sacrifice, not an inconvenience. And that's what Jesus did for us. Wealthy beyond our knowledge, powerful beyond our understanding, deity himself, he gave all of that up, came down here, laid it all down, and died for us, even, even though we were guilty. He did that because he loves us. In fact, John says that our love for others should be that kind of sacrificial love. First John 3, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. And Jesus said, greater love has no one than this to lay down your life for your friends. I mean, that's a lot to think about, isn't it? If we're gonna really show the extreme demonstration of love, the greatest would be to lay down our life for someone. Now, here's the great thing. Fortunately, neither Jesus nor John tells us that we have to die for someone or that we have to trade places for the guilty. 
we are told that we need to love, and we're going to talk about some ways to do that. But fortunately, we don't, we're not commanded to do that. But we are given some ways that our love ought to be uh, sacrificial and demonstrated in a way that would be, would kind of mirror that of Jesus and along the same lines of his sacrifice. In light of the sacrifice that we have been given, the one made for us, the goal in our life is to think, how do we sacrifice? How do we show this love that we claim to have for people? We talk about love all the time, but we don't oftentimes think that love compels us to do anything. And the Bible is very clear. The love of Christ compels us and forces us to be like Jesus. Now, we're going to talk about some ways that John says that we are to love. And I want to tell you, as we talk about these, I'm going to have to admit they are difficult ways to show love because they are inconveniences. They're not the sacrifice along the line that Jesus did, but they are inconveniences to us and ways that many of us are going to balk at, honestly, because they're going to put us out and inconvenience our lives. So let's talk about some ways. First of all, John says that we ought to be sacrificial with our money. I told you it was going to hurt, right? John chapter 3, verse 17 says, if anyone has material blessings and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? And that's what we call a rhetorical question, right? Because the love of God cannot be in that person if we see someone with a need and we refuse to help them or help meet that need in some way. And the way that we live in the world we live in, in many cases, it is money. It really is money. It's one of those things uh, in life that really reveals our heart. Because if we love money more than we love God and love people, we're not going to give any of it away. And that's where a lot of people in our world, it just indicates, and, and God knows that. That's why Jesus talks so much about money. Because money is a big indicator of where our heart really is. Can, do we focus only on ourselves with our resource or do we give it away? Money represents freedom. It represents power uh, and the ability to spoil ourselves with money. We can get what we want. We can make our own choices and do and be what we want to be. That's why it's so powerful in our life. But if we give that power away, we give it away freely, we are sacrificing our good for somebody else's good. And that's why it's painful, because it's personal, right? But one of the best ways to overcome the tendency to, to, uh, to fall into the materialistic trap of this world and learn to totally rely upon God to provide is to be sacrificial with our money. Is to give it away. It is one of the most painful things, perhaps, for some, but it's one of the best things you can do. Give, give it away. Just give it away. That's why in this uh, Advent conspiracy, one of the things that we began with, actually, is that to really put Jesus in his rightful place during this time, we ought to give more. Give more to Jesus. And we talked during that time about our release initiative and the challenge to give sacrificially uh, to Journey Church for us to be able to continue our mission to move people on a simple journey toward Jesus. We talked about our goal to pay off our debt, to pursue some of these key initiatives so that we can uh, deepen and, and strengthen our missions and our ministry. Because we know that we need to be able to, to invest in the financial needs of our world and do the things that Jesus would do if he were here. And let me challenge you to think about that. If Jesus was here, in our world, and he had your resources, he had what you have, what do you think he would do with those things? Most of us are blessed financially. We just have to admit that, and that's what God's telling me. It's just a season of gratitude. But if God had our, Jesus was here, he had our resources, do you think he would do with his resources what we are doing with ours? 
would he buy a new vehicle? Maybe not. Would he buy a vehicle at all? Probably not. He walked everywhere he went, right? If he were here, would he buy a vacation home? Would he buy uh, a boat? Would he buy an RV? What would he do with his resources? And that's when it gets personal, right? We start thinking about that. Well, what Jesus would do is he would address the needs, but he would also address them financially. And we want to do that. We want to address the needs in our world like hunger, lack of clean water, lack of education that would move people out of poverty, lack of adequate housing, And most importantly, the greatest thing that we can invest in is sharing the gospel. And guys, that's why we bring in regularly people who are doing that all over the world in different ways. In the Balkans, you know, in in Haiti, in, in Africa, wherever it may be, we want people to know who Jesus is. And it takes resources to fund the people who'll go and do those things. So I want to invite you to share with us in this release initiative as we kind of move toward some of those goals. All right, so we, show, we give and show our love by giving financially. But not only do we do that, we also show it by being sacrificial in our actions, in what we do. In 1 John chapter 3, it says, Dear children, let us not love with words or in speech, but with actions and in truth. It is easy to say that we love someone. We love people, you know, I, I think we've almost become a little bit too... Um, Free with that comment because it's almost our excuse. Well, I love everybody, right? But many times we don't show our love by the way that we treat them. What do we do with our resources? Well, what do we do with our actions? And many times our actions reveal either love for someone that we say or a lack of love for others. You know, we can write songs about love. We can say that we love people. But our actions reveal who we really are. And if we're not living up to the words we're saying, then we're just kind of blowing smoke. You know, I love the scripture, 1 Corinthians 13. It's one of my favorite passages. It says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to, to, to so hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. And what he's saying is that God nor other people are impressed with our bragging about how much we love them or about how gifted we are, how great we are if we don't show that love. In other words, we can sacrifice without loving. We can can give people things without loving, but we can never love without sacrificing. And then following this scripture, Paul goes on to describe what love looks like in a practical way. What would our love demonstrated look like? How do we show that in our actions? Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. You know, all of these attributes and characteristics were clearly seen in the life of Jesus. Through his patience, through his kindness, his humility, his honoring of other people, his acceptance of people, always seeking the best for others above himself, not easily angered always forgiving and restoring. See, Jesus came here to show us how to love, how to live, how to put our, the love we claim we have, how to put that into action. And if you notice in these 
characteristics, all of these uh, attributes or areas of sacrifice because they go against our human nature. Because everything that we just read, we're the opposite of that. We are easily angered. We're impatient. We're not always kind. We're not always loving and gentle and everything else. We have to sacrifice in order to live out these actions. And so these actions truly do reveal if we love one another. It's a beautiful chapter. You might go through and read it. There's, there's more in there uh, that just tells us how to show love to one another. And there's one other evidence of our love that John mentioned here along with our actions. And he says, dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions, but also with truth or in truth. Maybe you picked up on that. And this is how we know, John says, that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. And this is his command, to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit that he gave to us. So what John is saying is that we cannot truly love on our own power. All these things we've talked about, our actions, our generosity, all those things are contrary to who we are and our human nature. And so true love begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's why John says that we must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. And I really believe that we cannot truly love others unless we believe in Jesus. I know the world says it loves. I'm sure there's an element of concern and like and affection the world has for for one another, but we cannot truly love and live out the word love unless we know Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is love. His love is personified by his coming and his giving, and he is the source of love. So in reality, love was predicted, and then love entered our world with his birth 2,000 years ago, and today remains in those who believe in him and follow him. And then John goes on to say, not only are we reminded and given the example of Jesus of what love is, but also he gives to us his spirit to live in us, not only to help us remain in him, but also to show love to one another. It's no coincidence that in Galatians 5, the fruit of the spirit, what the spirit produces in us, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, gentleness. That's what God's Spirit does in us, and that's the only way that we can truly be loving is by having God's Spirit live in us and grow. And He calls us to be like Jesus in these ways. But how do we love people in a sacrificial way since it's literally against our human nature? And the answer is to love sacrificially, we have to have a new nature in us. And again, John talks about this, 1 John chapter 4. Dear friends, let us, not, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so what he's saying is that Jesus is the only way for us to know love and for us to be in God. Because we were born into this world with a human nature that quickly demonstrates its humanity and its sinfulness, and it's corrupted by sin. But the Bible says that we have to be born again of the water and of the Spirit in order for us to receive this new nature the Bible speaks of. 
Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 5, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And so it's through this new, cre- new nature, this divine nature that he gives us that then we can live and love in a way that is godly, that is like Jesus. To be able to love people and love all, you have to be living by and through the Holy Spirit that God gives you when you believe and when you give your life to him. And that's the invitation that he gives to all of us. And so there's a decision that only each individual can make of themselves. No one can make this for you. No one can give you this love. This love can only be found in Christ and only because of your decision. And the Bible tells us how to do that. It tells us that we first must believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. That we must believe that. Then it tells us that we must repent of our sin. We must acknowledge it. We must turn from it and begin to live His way, we confess Him as our Lord and Savior, that I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And then we're to be baptized for the forgiveness of our sins and to receive this gift and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so I would say to you this morning, if you have never been obedient in that way, if you have never given your life to Christ, this is the first step on your spiritual journey. And if you've never had a conversation with someone about that, I would love to sit down and talk to you and walk through that journey, that commitment, that decision for Jesus. Now, maybe you're here and you are a Christian and you know that your love for other people has been growing a little cold. And there might be some good reasons for that. Maybe you've been hurt by someone. Maybe you've been a little bit bitter by life. Maybe you're bitter through this whole season. You're just mad at the world right now, which is really easy to be. I'll be honest with you. But if that's you, You know that you haven't felt and you maybe haven't shown God's love a lot lately. And you know it's time to make a change in your life. So my challenge would be for you to begin with prayer. Just come to God, the God that loves you, that you gave your life to. Ask Him to renew your love. Ask Him to help you recapture the newness of that walk with Christ. And then after you pray, then go and make some sacrifice. Remember, love is demonstrated by sacrifice, right? Make some sacrifice. Show your love by giving to a need. Show your love by giving in action or reaching out to someone. Show your love by seeking deeper the truth that we find only in Jesus Christ. That would be my challenge to you as we kind of wrap up 2021. Some of us are kind of sick of this year, you know? Let's wrap it up, tie it with a bow. Let's understand that, that next year is a brand new slate lying before us. And also remind ourselves that right now we're in a season of giving. And we're in a season of not only giving, but also receiving. Why not receive the greatest gift that's ever been given to you? The gift of Jesus. That he gave it, God gave that gift specifically for you. If you're the only person in the world, he would give you that gift. He would give his son. And then once you've received that gift, you'll understand what true love is. And your life will never be the same again as you experience this love of Christ that then you can share with other people. That's my encouragement to you. If we're gonna put Jesus first, we gotta love everybody and we gotta find the ways, the tangible ways that we talked about today to do that. You know, we're gonna sing a song in just a moment. I'll be up front here. Tony will stand over as well. If you want someone to pray with you, you know, maybe some of the things we've talked about today have touched you. Maybe you've been a little bit bittered or embittered by life or maybe your love's grown a little cold and you just want to recommit your life to Christ or you want to pray for somebody, a need that you have, whatever it may be in your life. 
uh, we'd love to minister to you and serve you in that way. Will you stand with me as we go to the Lord in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we just come this morning, and Lord, we are, we are blessed. God, we are blessed as a nation. We are blessed as a people. We're blessed as your people, Lord, that we truly know what love is because we've experienced Jesus. And Father, I pray that we would live that out every day in our life. Father, I pray that we would recommit ourselves to you daily and to live in your love. Lord, I pray that if there are those here this morning who have never experienced that love, never made that decision and stepped across the line of faith in Jesus, that, Father, they would make that decision this morning, that you would call them to yourself, the power of your spirit. And, Lord, I pray that you would challenge each of us to live each day of our lives in that love, the love that you demonstrated through Jesus, the love that we have an understanding of, the gift we've been received, the gift of love, but also, Lord, that we live in the power of your Holy Spirit to show love every day. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.